Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, Welcome back to WCYJFM 99.5 The Hive, your home for everything Waynesburg. I'm Jeremiah Miller and he's Nathan Rowe to my left. And you're listening to the Backyard PA Football Show. It is going to be week nine, the final week of the regular season. We know a lot about the playoffs, but yet again, there's a lot we still need to figure out. Figure out who's all going to be in and figure out where everyone's going to be. So, Nathan, uh, before we talk a little bit more about this coming week, uh, let's talk a little bit about last week, week eight. We learned a lot of things. Uh, Obviously, the game of the week, I was at McKeesport. Thomas Jefferson, we'll talk more in depth about that one as I throw it to you. Yeah, it was a fun week. It was a fun week for just about everybody but the game I was at. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you guys sure had a very thrilling game up there at McKeesport. I'm sure uh, you're going to talk about that here soon. Rainy week, too. I mean, it was wet just about everywhere in the region. Um, I'm sure that had a factor in some of the results that we'll talk about coming up here soon. But I want to back, bounce it back to you as we go back to that game of the week. Thomas Jefferson, McKeesport. Um, what a final. 42-28. It was back and forth for most of the game. Uh, what were your initial takeaways from McKeesport and uh, the brilliant offensive performance from the triple option? Yeah, I know it was back and forth. I know it was a one-score game for pretty much the entirety of the game until uh, McKeesport finally got the two-touchdown advantage. Uh, It really felt like McKeesport dominated the whole game, really. I know it was back and forth, but to me it felt like the lead was much more than seven when McKeesport was up seven, if that makes any sense. Um, Yeah, uh, McKeesport's triple options, dynamic. Um, Jacob Miller got majority of the snaps in the game, so let's pay attention to that as the season goes on. Um, heading into the playoffs, he got majority of the carry or the snaps at quarterback. Uh, Bobby Boyd got the bulk of the carries, 12 carries, 227, three touchdowns. Kanye Thompson only had four carries, but two of them were touchdowns. And Kanye Thompson also added a kick return for a touchdown as well. So, um, the biggest question for me heading into the game was McKeesport's defensive fr- or fronts. Um, let me rephrase that. Their offensive and defensive interior linemen, they're right there with TJ, if not better. Uh, they showed up. They got all over Joe Lexi, especially late in the game, um, and really put a statement down. And TJ moved the ball. 
But, like, their offense was so one-dimensional. Now, Connor Murga wasn't playing in the game. He was out on the sideline in dress clothes. So Elias Lippincott got all the carries, pretty much. Um, Joe Letsky, he had all – I'm pretty, pretty sure – he had three of the four touchdowns because Lippincott got the last one. And that was about it. Their, uh, TJ receivers dropped a lot of passes. Um, the weather was a factor. It pretty much – a consistent sprinkle throughout the first half, a little bit into the third quarter, and then it pretty much well settled by then. But, you know, that ball's still going to be wet. Um, those are my takeaways. Is uh, just like it just never felt close for to me at least. Yeah, and that you talk about the interior offensive and defensive line from a key sport. you got to remember, aside from Tyre Demery, all those guys are freshmen and sophomores. They're all – going to be coming back next year for McKeesport. That's going to be scary because you got, you know, Jameel Perryman coming back as well. Same Bobby Boyd. Bobby Boyd's only a junior. Exactly. So McKeesport is probably going to be a very dangerous team looking ahead even to next season. Um, And we talked about how dynamic that Tigers rushing attack is with Perryman, with Kanye Thompson, with Bobby Boyd. Um, Was the defense just a little bit taken out of guard? We made the comparison where last week, TJ would not only be playing one Devin Whitlock, they'd be playing three or four of them. Was that kind of the case when we looked at that matchup with TJ's linebackers and safeties going up against those three guys? Yeah, it's just, you know, the triple option, you don't know who's getting it. There's a lot of misdirection, a lot of motion, you know, throws them off. And then McKeesport's speed is just, you know, I haven't seen a team all year that has the same speed that McKeesport has. Now, I haven't, unfortunately, got to cover Bell Vernon. I will this weekend, but... You know, I you know, just seeing you know McKeesport's speed, TJ couldn't match it, and that's what happened when you got when Kanye Thompson hit the outside, it was off to the races, you know, and then Bobby Boyd up the middle as well, you know, Bobby's shifty on his feet, very light on his feet, played so well. In fact, right after the game, received his first scholarship to play at Division Two uh, Bluefield State College down in West Virginia. So. Uh, that's the kind of performance he put in. Same with Kanye Thompson. The next day he got offered from Bluefield State. So um, these guys really put on a performance of a lifetime. Uh, they upset. I, I don't even. I wouldn't even say it's an upset this year. They beat TJ for the second year in a row. Uh, now they got their eyes set on Bell Vernon this coming week for the Big Eight. And that Bell Vernon game is going to have a ton of juice behind it. I mean, you thought Thomas Jefferson, McKeesport um, was crazy. This is for the Big Eight. This is like two extremely passionate fan bases that aren't too far away either. Um, It's going to be a fun environment down at the beach. And we are talking about the Tigers and, you know, this is a huge win for them as a program. And now looking ahead toward the rankings, uh, this is going to be a full discussion because McKee Sports' one loss was against Canisius of New York, which Canisius of New York is 5-2 and two right now. Uh, they barely beat a 6A Erie team. That's kind of their only other Pennsylvania competition. Um, are the Tigers right now, in your mind, the best 4A team in the state? Because you look at Bell Vernon, instead of playing an out-of-conference, out-of-state team, they just took a bye week last week. Uh, so comparing those teams head-to-head, and you, they do have one common opponent, and that's Thomas Jefferson. And Belvernon beat them by only a couple points, and McKeesport beat them comfortably. Does McKeesport, in your mind, best 4A team in the state right now? 
Uh, it's hard for me to tell because there's there's other things that happened in the TJ Belvernon game. Quentin Martin didn't play pretty much the whole second half. You know that played a factor if he stayed in there. You know TJ really didn't have an answer for Quentin Martin uh, when he was in the game when he went out that allowed TJ to get back in it. Um, so it's really tough to tell. I, I do think these two are one and two in the state. McKees Port and Belvernon. I truly do. Um, so to go off and say that um, is McKeesport better just because they actually played a tough non-conference opponent where Bell Vernon took the bye, uh, I'm not going to say that. I think that's a little outlandish to uh, go out and say that for sure. I'm not sure if you could make an argument that they're not the second-best team, though. Because the, these two teams are right next to each other, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I don't see a reason why McKeesport should be the bottom end of your top ten in 4A and Bell Vernon is number one. Um, but that's just me. Like no, I agree. <laughs> like, I think I think McKeesport. You know, I still think McKeesport's the second best team in the state of Pennsylvania. I you know I I think right like they're one and two. However, your order is your opinion. You know, but I think they're one and two. At the very least, they're right next to each other. Like you can't make an argument that Bill Vernon is one, and then McKeesport has like five six spots behind them. Um, because the, the results speak for themselves, and I wouldn't hold that New York loss against them. No. Like some people do. All right. Other game in the Big 8, though, and this one had a little bit more playoff implications than that TJ McKeesport game did. Uh, Laurel Highlands at Trinity, and Trinity, this game was back and forth a thriller, and Trinity uh, lost on that. Um, actually, they were, they were losing with nine minutes left, and they took an eight-minute drive down the field. And then turn the ball over at like their own tw- or at the Laurel Highlands twenty or something. Um, just a really heartbreaking loss for the Hillers. Laurel Highlands makes the playoffs. Trinity's season is just about done for. Uh, and now we're looking at a Mustangs team that might look a little bit dangerous heading to the playoffs. Uh, how confident in, are you in a Rodney Gallagher led team here for the Mustangs to make some noise in the playoffs? Just depends on the matchup. It seems like they're going to play like a Hampton. Yeah, I you know, Hampton, they're one of those teams no one's talking about, but yet Hampton's done everything they needed to do this year, and that's win. They're 9-0. and They've had the conference championship wrapped up for two weeks now. Uh, you know, it's you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Hampton. Like I said, it all depends on matchups, and that goes for everybody. But, like, what I've seen in Laurel Highlands in the first half of the season, yeah, it's been great. You beat everybody you should have beat. And then the rest of the season, teams that they, you know, well, teams – Fact of the matter is, teams that they quote unquote shouldn't have won, you know, TJ, you know, McKeesport, Belvernon, you got annihilated in. weren't even close. The closest the game was is kickoff, and that was it. Like, Laurel uh, Highlands is going to need a lot of help, and it's not just going to be all from Ronnie Gallagher. It's that's what happened on Friday night. Yeah, but that's against Trinity. You ain't playing Trinity in the playoffs. I hate to tell you. Yeah, and that game was my under and win for Trinity lock of the week, so that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, but I was close. You know, Trinity almost pulled away there. I think I lost my I lost my lock of the week. Yeah, too. we'll get to that yeah. there at the end. That's two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's, it's been really difficult for that's, you, Jeremiah. That's bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the final week of Pick'ems, by the way. So um, if you don't win this week, this is basically all or nothing. So uh Final in 5A, this was the basically the 5A Allegheny Six Championship, Bethel Park at Moon. Moon wins decisively 30 to nothing. Uh, does this solidify your opinion of Moon as the one seed in 5A and as maybe a probable 
5A champion. <laughs> it has to. I'm not going to say 5A champion, but it has to be number one because everybody else in 5A has, you know, more than one loss to the record. Yeah. Like, even if Moon loses this coming Friday, I would still say they'd have to be... I think there'll be a discussion about them and possibly Penn Trafford, but I, I still think it's going to be Moon. Moon has done what they needed to do. Um, you know, a week before, we're talking about, well, here, you know, Moon just barely beat Peters Township. They barely beat Upper St. Clair. And then they go out and basically what is the conference championship game and just blow Bethel Park out of the sta- out of their stadium. It's like the Allegheny Six just gets even more confusing. But yeah, right now I'd say Moon has to be the number one seed in five A. I, I, I like I said, the only other dis- I think you could bring to the discussion table is if Penn Trafford wins on Friday. Um, which they probably will playing Latrobe. Do you have a discussion that hey, Penn Trafford is the better team than Moon? Well, you know, it might have to depend on how bad Moon loses if they do lose. But I see no reason. I'm not going to say they're going to win five A because I think there's like nine or ten teams that could win five A. It's so open this year. But Moon's done everything they needed to do here in the regular season for me to put them at the one seed. We really need to come up with a nickname because people refer to the ACC Coastal as the Crazy Coastal. We need to come up with a name for the Allegheny Six because there was a point on Friday night where it looked like South Fayette would have beaten Upper St. Clair and then you would have had literally a tear going down of teams just beating each other and it would have made a a circle like the Coastal does. Fortunately, Upper St. Clair won in overtime, so we didn't get to um, experience that. But just just watch this Friday and watch like South Fayette beat Peter Township and West A beat Moon, and then anything is up for grabs. Like yeah, that it anything could happen in the Allegheny Six every week. Uh, I feel after watching West Allegheny's offense on Friday, I feel confident that Moon should take care of business. But you never know in the Allegheny Six. All right, jumping into Tri-County South, Avella at Carmichael's. Carmichael's win 63-22. to Not really the – I mean, that's kind of the expected score from that game. I think we we both expected that it would be a blowout. I'm surprised Avella scored at least 22, obviously, against probably Carmichael's JV team a little bit. Um, uh, what are your opinions now of the Mikes and now heading at Jefferson Morgan and probably a uh, home playoff game? Yeah, the Mikes are going to cruise into the playoffs. Um, you know, get a home game. Maybe hopefully. Do you think they'll get a home? I don't think they'll get a home game, but yeah, it seems get a like home game. I don't know. Yeah, they'll get a home game. When you're compare, like if you compare them with Fort Cherry, right? Yeah. Those two teams are going to be right game. next to each other. They'll get a home game. The just precedent. The top, you know, the top two teams in each conference will get a home game, and then they'll give two others um, a home game, and it always goes the two and the. Um, the um, Eastern Conference and then the Big Seven usually always get the um, the two other the three seeds they get and then California most likely on the road. Yeah, I think I think Carmichael. If, if, if I were there'll be a Cherry, seven or ten or an eight nine. If I were a Fort Cherry fan and I and Carmichael's got a home game and the Fort Cherry Rangers didn't and the Rangers finished third in that conference if they won. That I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> like after Fort Cherry beat them early, they still in the will. The top, the top three teams and the Big Seven and the Eastern Conference will get a home game, and then West Green and Carmichael's will get a home game in the Tri County South. 
not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's always what happens. I mean, it in the rule book it does say only conference champions are guaranteed a home game. So oh yeah, they're not guaranteed. I just think that that's probably what will happen. We'll see what happens to Carmichael's. Mapletown at Benworth. Uh, Mapletown runs up the score 52-15, and it looks like the Maples have that four spot locked up. California at Manesson. California shuts out the Greyhounds 23-0, and you looked at the pictures from this game, and there was basically head-to-toe mud covering all the California and Manesson players. Do you think that kind of played a role in the finish of this game, or maybe it was just kind of a Manesson defense kind of being semi-competent? California not really running, trying to run up the score here. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. Ed Woods probably realizing that the game is out of hand. They had it, and you know why get Damani Stafford or one of you know Ethan Fike or Hunter in Sock conditions hurt, like that hurt yeah. for the play. Yeah, you know you're already in, why 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 waste injury? You know in a, in a game that doesn't mean anything. Final game in the Tri County South here: Jefferson Morgan at West Green. West Green wins fifty six to eight. And I think that game locked up the Tri-County yeah. South title as well uh, for the pi- Pioneers here. Beth Center visiting at Venezuelan McGuffey, 35-8 final for McGuffey. McGuffey went up 35 nothing, and Beth Center scored a late touchdown. Probably not the offensive performance that you're hoping for the Bulldogs going into a game where you're going to have to score a lot of points against Waynesburg coming up. Do you find that a little bit worrisome for the Bulldogs that they weren't able to score, obviously, against the McGuffey defense that's, you know, at least decent to above average? Yeah, especially when you see Waynesburg almost pulled one out against Char Houston this week. And we know that Waynesburg offense can put up points with Braden Woods and uh, Jake Stevenson and company. But, you know, Beth Center to see this happen against McGuffey, you know, only eight points in practically garbage time. Not the look you want to see uh, since Beth Center's hosting a uh, casket match in Fredericktown this Friday. And speaking of that game, Chargers Houston visited the Waynesburg Raiders 27-24. The Bucks come back. They were down 24-6 to at halftime. They come back and win this game. And, you know, you add up all the elements. This is a Road game for Chargers Houston after a big emotional win. They're heading into a bye week before the playoffs. Like, everything was stacked up in this game for this to be the easiest under of all time on the 22-point spread. Um, do you think that this result reflects the actual talent between these two teams? Or do you think that uh, this was just a combination of elements and Chargers Houston's offense obviously is not the greatest so they're not really going to blow any team out anyway. But uh, do you think this is reflective of the actual talent in both of these teams? Yeah, I do, but I do think it was a combination. Let's say, Waynesburg's just a couple years away. Their stars are, you take it, just sophomore and freshman. I mean, Braden Woods is going to be one of the best backs in the WPIL here by the time he's a senior, and he's only a sophomore right now. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a mix. You know, we've, we've known that Char Houston's offense has been lackluster all year. We know this team's going to win on defense, um, and that – Proved in the second half, their defense stepped up and, and you know gave their offense opportunities to put points up on the board, and that's what happened on Friday night. And I think Waynesburg in the second half showed their inexperience and youthfulness as well. I think that happened um, in the second half as well, and then blowing the lead. Do you think this game exposed what Charters Houston really is, where they're just like a one-sided team, and then their offense can't score points? And I do. When, I, I, yeah. I and you know the thing is, this game is going to be one of the two films that. Whoever they meet in the first round is going to get. And I'm sure they'll pro- – well, it's going to be – yeah, because it's going to be their second film because obviously they're off next week. 
this week, Tar Houston, as they have a bye. So, yeah, teams are definitely going to pick apart this film and really show the weaknesses of both their defense and offense. Because their defense didn't look all that great in the first half, let me be honest. I mean, Braden Woods already racked up over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns in the first half. So, um, and I hate to break it to them, they're going to see some a lot better backs than Braden Woods in 2A. So. It, it depends on who they're going to play the first game. Like, if you pull an Ashanik, if you pull a Mohawk, like, like you're not going to be facing a Braden Woods caliber running back. Right. You're not going to be facing that type of dynamic offense if you're facing one of those Northwestern teams and they have to drive down to Houston and that's going to be it's a tough place to play as it is. But like I don't I don't know if it, it just depends on the matchup for the Bucks, right? Um, but yeah, I mean that offense has struggled <laughs> mightily and uh, showed in this game. But you know, great resilience to come back. Um, we'll see if they end up getting that home playoff game. And they should be right on the line. So, uh, In Charleroi, uh, Albert Gallatin visiting the Cougars 50-16. to The Colonials um, win this one. And it looks like the Cougars' season is uh, one game and then out. I don't think Charleroi has a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, just reading Very it. Very little. I mean, they need a lot of help. They need a lot of things. I think it was like way. the scores have to be exactly like as many points. I, I, after yeah, in the, the ne- in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit more in depth. I'll get it pulled up in there. But, like, I'm pretty sure, like, basically, they, they were basically what, uh, what I got off WPI Blitz is where I got for all the scenarios. Basically, what they were saying is it's almost, it's like a 0.01% chance for Charleroi to make the playoffs, basically leaving Waynesburg Beth Center as a casket match, meaning winner go home, or winner goes to the playoffs, winner, loser goes home. I really love that term, by the way, casket match. For, for high school football, it's like iconic. Every year, um, hearing the term casting match, it, it makes you think of football. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wonder what's going to happen if Frazier forfeits to Charleroi, right? And then and they, they haven't even been calling those games forfeits. They've, been, They've just been all no I know. That's what's so been like, throwing off the whole, like, um, you know, Garner point system, WPL point. Like, it's really just. Uh, wrecked things in the century. So if Frazier calls a no contest contest against Charleroi, like that's it. That's their season. Yeah, <laughs> what a shame for Charleroi, right? To not even get to play for a chance at the playoffs and just have their opponent semi forfeit. Uh, Brownsville at Yawk. Yawk forty nine to twenty six. The Cougars win this one. This game was actually kind of close in the first half, but the Cougars pulled away. Uh, the biggest news for Brownsville from this past weekend was that they will not be in the Whippeal next season. They will be leaving a la Albert Gallatin. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard that the Falcons won't be coming back to the Whippeal and will be going as an independent here in 2022? So is that true? Like, I haven't yes. read anything yeah, about they're, it. Yeah, they're not going to be in the Whippeal. Who's your source? A trip Live. Trip Live posted it. Did they? I just have I know. I just have <laughs> Okay. No, um, yeah, it'd probably the right thing to do. Um, you know, it's just been tough. We've seen other teams do it. Um, you know, Butler, uh, we've seen AG do it. We've seen Uniontown do it. And, I mean, if you look at AG, AG's had their best teams they've had in program history doing it. You know, build that momentum up, get the program back. The thing with Brownsville is the big thing is just numbers. It's not so much the losing. It's just the numbers. Hopefully Brownsville can build that program back and get it to where it once was. But, you know, it's sad, but yet I think it was the right move for Brownsville. 
And then other scores here coming up in the interstate. Elizabeth Ford at South Moreland. Elizabeth Ford wins 56-13, to and that offense is just rolling. Obviously, South Moreland not really a defensive powerhouse, but like uh, holding South Moreland to 13 points and Anthony Govern is a talented quarterback. Um, a, a good win for Elizabeth Ford on the road there in the Scotland Yard. Uh, South Park visiting Mount Pleasant 28-6. The Vikings win. Uh, and when you're stacking up this score with the previous one, uh, it looks like South Park might be better than South Moreland, which could create some interesting scenarios if the Eagles were to win that game. Um, shocking that we're saying that now because earlier in the season it looked like South Moreland might have been the class of this conference and it just has gone downhill for the Scotties. Obviously a couple of injuries there in the trenches have really hurt their chances in the season. On the Mount Pleasant side, though, does it really seem like Mount Pleasant is just the team like they're not going to blow out anyone really like they're just gonna win every game 28 to 7 yeah rely on their defense that's what they that's (laughs) what they do you know the way i mean their offense isn't really meant for putting up bunches of points you know they have that offense to throw you off grind you down get those points and then their defense steps up and you know can you know contributes in putting up close to a shutout every week and as it stands right now with the top four teams in 3a getting a bye you're looking at Mount Pleasant maybe facing like an Ambridge or a Burl in their first and, and they can't even face Burl, right? Because they played them already this year. Well, they could. <laughs> that only that only goes um, for conference opponents. So they could. The committee likes to stay away from that if you saw each other already. But th- it does happen every once in a while. So essentially you're probably going to be playing Ambridge or Deer Lakes or someone of that most, nature. Most likely, so yeah. uh, Mount Pleasant is looking at a favorable opening round playoff match if that happens. And speaking of Deer Lakes, they visited South Allegheny and won 27-14. We both thought South Allegheny would run up the score here at home, and that was not the case. And it seems like that North Catholic division with this win might be a little bit stronger than we might have thought. Um, maybe a Burl, or I remember Burl beat Deer Lakes. Maybe a Burl, maybe a Freeport, East Allegheny are better um, than you might think, yeah. especially later in the season. And we even look, you know, Deer Lakes right now sits as the third team in that conference. They haven't even fully clinched a playoff spot yet. And they're probably and not going to. I was going to say, it's looking really tough for them because right now Burl controls their own destiny. It's they actually weird. don't. So this is the way it's working. Deer Lakes faces Freeport. Right. And if Deer Lakes win, they're in the playoffs. The thing is, they're probably not going to be Freeport. So Burl faces Valley. Yes. If Deer Lakes loses to Freeport and Burl beats Valley, Burl makes it in. Right. So, so Burl, like I said, Burl controls their own destiny. Really, because... Because Freeport's probably going to beat Deer Lakes. That's what I'm saying, yeah, because yeah. Freeport's probably going to beat Deer Lakes. Because it's weird, if you look at that, like right now, it's North Catholic, Freeport, Deer Lakes, East Allegheny, who has clinched a playoff spot. East Allegheny's yeah. fine. They're just going to be that four spot. And then Burl. So, I mean, like right now you got Deer Lakes, who is above a team that's already clinched a playoff spot that might not even make it. And if I were to bet money... On it, I would say they probably don't make it because I don't like that matchup against Freeport, and I think Burrow handles business against Valley. Although that's a big rivalry game, I still think Burrow wins. So it's going to be interesting, and that we'll see how that loss affects South Allegheny in the end of things, losing to Deer Lakes, who uh, might not even be in the playoffs. Yeah, and looking at it, you'd assume that South Allegheny would be seated above a Burrow. 
but probably not seated above a Deer Lake. So you're if South Island, this is kind of the difference between like an 11 and a 10 or a 9 seed um, for the Gladiators. All right, in the Big 8, uh, Ringgold at West Mifflin. We both picked the Rams, and we were both wrong. The Titans at home on senior night, 24-8. West Mifflin wins this game. Uh, neither of these teams are going to be in playoffs, but they're – you know, there's some pride in that game. Um, obviously, two schools that are rather close to each other uh, want to win that game every season. And in 5A, South Fayette at Upper St. Clair, and South Fayette really controlled this game. I think it was like 28-7. 28-13. 28-13. Um, and Upper St. Clair came back, took it to overtime, and won 31-28. And the thing that was funny to me was during this game, they they were announcing score updates at the Peters Township-West Allegheny game. And they announced this final score and uh, that Upper St. Clair won, and all the Peters Township students started to boo. Like, they didn't understand that basically Upper St. Clair knocked out South Fayette out of the playoffs, essentially. Like, they, they, they basically kept Peters Township alive by winning this game in overtime. And apparently the student section didn't get that but either way upper st Clair getting the win column they'll play a big game coming up against bethel park um for that second place spot in the allegheny six uh what were your opinions of the upper st Clair panthers coming back to win this game and do you think this they might not be as strong as we think like no i just think that allegheny six is just that crazy conference um if anything i'm more um inspired by the comeback performance by upper st Clair. Um, at home, coming back, winning an overtime. And poor South Fayette, they've been on Randy Moss's You Got Moss special two weeks in a row as Aiden Besselman's uh, game-tying touchdown was on You Got Moss uh, this week. So, South Fayette, you've been on national television two weeks in a row for um, not something you want to be on national television for. Um, so, yeah, so Upper St. Clair getting it done, clinching a playoff spot. So, Good job by the Panthers, and yeah, like you mentioned, um, I, I, you know, I don't hold this game against them. I just think this conference is absolutely um, berserk in how everyone's so competitive with each other, and anyone can win in any given week. And the final game in the Allegheny Six, and the one that I had the unfortunate experience of being at, West Allegheny at Peters Township, the Indi- the Peters Township Indians, excuse me. I, when writing my article, I had to make sure I referred to these teams not as the Indians in the entire article, and it was a little bit frustrating at about, like, 1.30 at night after <laughs> after this game lasted about three and a half hours. 30-7, um, to 7, Peters Township wins this game at... Jeremiah, this was the worst game that I've ever seen live. Yeah, I wanted to ask you why. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain. So, West Allegheny, the game opens out off, and West Allegheny really looks, you know, defensively competent. Offensively, they don't look competent. Uh, but Peters Township, they have a muff snap. The ball rolls all the way back to the two-yard line, and West Allegheny scores a touchdown goes up 7 nothing. All right, and it looks like it's going to stay that way for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, Peters Township gets some momentum on offense. And it and basically, West Allegheny's offense was atrocious for this game. Um, they probably didn't pass their own 40-yard line without the help of a turnover. They got a... They got an interception in the third quarter, and that was the only other time they passed the 50, um, aside from that uh, muff snap touchdown. Um, and then just about every time West Allegheny punted, which is probably about 20 times during this game, 
they went to commercial break because this game was on 22 the point. So we're just standing there. It, it's basically just West Allegheny three and out, West Allegheny punt, two-minute TV timeout, Peters Township, either a three and out or a touchdown drive. West Allegheny gets the ball, and then, a, and then another TV timeout. Um, and this game just lasted far longer than it needed to. It was rainy. It was wet. It was uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> just an absolute dud of a game. I, I mean, good on Peters Township to win, but uh, I, they do have players on offense, and they exposed West Allegheny's defense. West Allegheny's offense is really bad um, after watching that game. So, uh, yeah, not the funnest game to watch. Maybe it was fun to play in, but... Um, I was glad that it was over, and we were walking out of the stadium at ten fifteen, <laughs> so uh, not great. But uh, what were your opinions now of Peters Township now that they were able to beat West Allegheny and now playing in, you know, a kind of a casket match? If they win, they still have a chance, but or if they lose, they still have a chance. But yeah, I was I, just I think- looking at the scenarios. This game was weird. I like like for this conference. So, just looking at it, in the Allegheny Six, Moon has already clinched the conference title. Bethel Park and Upper Saint Upper Saint Clair have clinched playoff spots, and then they played this week. The winner of the head-to-head will finish second. Loser will be third, obviously. So, the one playoff spot remaining. Here's how it's going to be decided. And South Fayette, West Allegheny, and Peters Township all still have a chance. Nathan. So, scenario one. This is, well, this is for Peters Township. Peter Township, they all they got to do is beat South Fayette. They beat South Fayette, they're in. West Allegheny, the way they can get in, they need to clinch a playoff spot with a win over Moon and a Peters Township loss. So South Fayette can pull off some of that magic they did last week and hold on. This time against Peters, West A, all they, they got to pull off a big upset against Moon. West A's in. Here is the scenarios for all of this also. Are you ready? Here's scenario one. This is wild. If South Fayette beats Peters Township and West Allegheny loses to Moon, scenario one. If South Fayette wins by 10 or more and West Allegheny loses by 4 or more, South Fayette gets the last playoff spot. Scenario two. If South Fayette wins by 8 or fewer, Peters Township gets the last playoff spot on tiebreaker points. Scenario three. If South Fayette wins by nine, Peters Township gets the last playoff spot unless West Allegheny loses by one, in which case West A would get the spot on tiebreaker points. Last but not least, scenario four. If South Fayette wins by ten or more and West Allegheny loses by exactly three, it will be a coin flip between the three teams. So basically what I'm saying, Peters Township, go out and beat South Fayette, make it easy for everyone, and we'll just slot you in the playoffs. Please. <laughs> please, please do that. Although I do like Scenario 4 with the coin flip. I, I really don't because that's like, I would hate for someone's season to be ended by a coin flip. So like that, that reminds me of like my senior year when it was a coin flip for a conference title. You know, it didn't matter. No matter what, we were the playoffs. It was us for a home game. This is literally like off the Friday Night Lights movie. Like, you're flipping a coin for your playoff fate. That would be awful. Like, I remember how nervous I was, and that was just for a home game. 
Not you know everyone was in the playoffs. It didn't matter. We all three shared the conference championship. But for this to be going to the playoffs, oh my god, I would not get any sleep. So Peters Township, do yourself a favor and West A and South Fayette, put them out of their misery. Just win, get in the playoffs. Just I win. S- I still haven't thought of a nickname for the Allegheny Six yet. We'll, we'll try to think of something coming up here in the break between the two podcasts. Um, all right. I, I I hate most of those scenarios. I just want Peters Township to win and be done with it. Be done. <laughs> like, oh my god! Literally, just win by half a point, and you're in. All right, final game here, and this was in six A. Cannon Mac. They were seventeen point favorites at Norwin. It was pouring rain, and Norwin wins sixteen to seven, a nine point victory. And despite this. Norwin still can't make the playoffs, Jeremiah. But not a great showing for Cannon Mac. Ryan Angit, I don't know what his injury status is right now. I don't think it's good, judging by the the nature of this score. Um, it it you could be playing North Allegheny um, the week after next. It could be Seneca Valley. I don't like their chances in either of those games. They show up with a performance that they put in against Norwin. What were your thoughts here from the Big Macs? Yeah, disappointing performance. Norwin came into this game with no wins on the year. Everybody thought that them and Hempfield next week would be for, you know, who's going to go over on the season and who's going to win. Well, now Norwin, you know, they're trying to get in the playoffs. They do win the game, but still come to find out Norwin has no chance of making the playoffs whatsoever. But still a big win for that program, too, beating about the Cannon Mac team that's going to be in the playoffs most likely. All right, and after week eight, the final tallies for the Pickums. Um, I'm still in the lead with 91 games picked correctly. You are five games back with 86, um, and our guests have two games picked correctly. So uh, this is really the lose it or hold it or lose it game, right? Like uh, lower week because uh, you gotta pick, you gotta somehow pick five games correctly that I don't pick correctly. So I think we're going to be disagreeing a lot coming up in the next uh, podcast. All right, and that'll just about do it for part one. Jeremiah, you want to take us out here? Yeah, so stay tuned. You're listening to WCYJFM 99.5 The Hive. Coverage of Backyard Pennsylvania Football Show. From back to the hitch real quick, and we'll get ready for part two of the Backyard Pennsylvania Football Show. Prisoner, Miley Cyrus, you're listening to WCYJFM 99.5 The Hive. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon, and check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.